Good morning, and we're ready to have our first cup of coffee of the day. And this morning, I have the fabulous Minerva Spencer with me. Good morning, Jeffy. It's lovely to have you with me. The, technically, this is not our... I'm going to put the phone up a little bit closer to both of us. It is not our first cup of coffee because <laughs> we had one cup while uh, we had a nice conversation on the porch with Minerva and her husband because they spent the night. And now we're on second cup and more coherent and ready to have a writer conversation. We are. We're out here watching cats stalk whatever. <laughs> They're both down there staring at the same clump of shrubbery. Oh, yes, there's very likely rodents in there. Oh, uh, okay. Of probably not unusual size. But. <laughs> Let's hope not. <laughs> I did find some sweet potatoes that seem to be growing above ground down there. I don't know if you're aware of that or not. <laughs> Those are ones that lived in our kitchen long enough to sprout, so uh, they got <laughs> contributed to the wilderness. Well, they're enjoying the, the harsh, water-free environment. That's for sure. For sure, it's pretty <laughs> nice. It would be nice. I didn't bother to plant them because I figured it was a lost cause. I just throw them out there, and that way the coyotes or the rabbits can eat them. We planted them um, a couple of years ago, and they grew a lot of greenery, but they never did produce new potatoes. They just grew... I think they have to have certain kinds of soil or something. This okay. is like, we've, we've now passed the limits of my tuber knowledge. knowledge. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, so for anyone listening, uh, Minerva spent the night because yesterday we did a signing down in Albuquerque, and it was her debut. It was the first signing, and it was. I was very stressed about it. It turned out to go really smoothly. We had Katie Lane was our um, commentator, and she ran things nicely and kept kept things moving. I thought. Yes. Definitely, signing with somebody else is a lot, a lot of fun. So much more fun. Yes. It's kind of excruciating, even if you have a nice crowd, to do something by yourself because there's just no fallback. Yeah. You know, it's like if you don't think of something to say, you. Well, once people start asking questions, then more people ask questions. But otherwise, I think people were shy to ask any questions. Yes. So. Yes. I can't imagine being the only person there and having to keep the audience going while remembering what you're talking about and sounding coherent at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, that's one thing is um, Katie could have given people a little bit more time to ask questions because you have to sort of give them that lull, yeah. where they wait to see if anybody's going to ask a more interesting question than they have. Yeah. <laughs> well, plus, we had just given them cookies, and the sugar was just kicking in, mm. so they were all waking up. and Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that the sugar was brewing the questions. But it was a, it was a, a nice event, and I think, um, you know, a lot of people talk about things like, well, what's the ROI for that event? You know, like, did you really sell enough books to justify the expense of going down there and that's not why you do things like that no and I think I I was fascinated by some of the questions people asked like oh what's what how many words are in a book that you write you know so people have some interesting observations from a non-writer question a lot really because people don't really have a sense of how long books are you know when I was a brand new newbie writer and I was writing a novel for the first time and I didn't know, I mean, it was it was kind of at the beginning of word processing being available. I mean, we'd use Word, but you didn't have, we didn't have digital books so much. It wasn't easy to take a, a digital book and figure out how many words were in it. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so I took um, several books that I was writing in that genre, and I typed in like three pages from each to see what the average page count was. And I right. had like five different books, and I figured out what their um, average words were for the whole book. Mm-hmm. And it was funny because I'd, I'd ended up, I picked ones of different thickness. And so I had one that was like 180,000 words, and I had one that was more like <laughs> 85,000 words. And so it ended up not being terribly instructed because I was trying to figure figure out how long the book I was going to write should right. be. And it was like, well, it could be anywhere from <laughs> 80 to 180. So <laughs> quite the broad range. Yeah. So what else did they ask yesterday? Um, well, people are very curious about what you're going to write next, obviously, especially if you're writing a series, um, which I thought was really interesting uh, that some people really just want to get away from their current series and do something new, whereas other people get tucked in and can continue to write books. You sometimes hear, oh, authors who write beyond what the series should be. I yeah. know that there's currently a lot of reader backlash against Janet Ivanovich's series. Because she never reconciles the the tri- the love triangle. Is that I I haven't read her books, but I know that people are like, stop writing. Book number twenty two is where you should have stopped writing. I'm like, well, you don't have to buy book twenty five. <laughs> but there's a certain irrationality there. I guess you have to keep buying them to see what happens. Um, yeah, I only ever read the first of that series, and I thought it was cute. But you know, I wasn't driven to keep going, especially because I knew from people talking about it that the love triangle is never resolved. Okay. And and she has very famously said that she will never ever resolve the love triangle. So apparently, the books at this point, you know, continue to be this thing where she can't decide between the two guys, mm. and you know. Like you say, 25, 30 books later, and she still can't decide between the two guys. It gets to be a little much. Yeah. Well, that's a problem with, since I'm writing a contemporary detective novel right now, that's an issue that I've been reading a lot of detective novels to look at how do they handle the personal life of the detective. And you get people like, like that who will, you know, string the relationship along for 25 books. And then you get people like Colin Dexter, who wrote the Inspector Morris novels, who will have him falling in love with the suspect who ends up being the murderer. So they go to jail, so that's no longer a relationship <laughs> issue. <laughs> or they just kill off the love interest, as in some of the, uh, I think it's some of the Joe Nesbo novels have, you know, the love interest is the victim of the serial killer or the next victim. So yeah, I can understand her ambivalence about dealing with it. But, uh, yeah, I was thinking, um, that you need to stop referring to your first book as the second book. Oh, I know. You know, I didn't realize it until it got people got confused, and I'm like, oh it yeah, confuses she... people. Yeah, other writers understand, but readers don't really get what you're talking about. Yeah, deliberate Jackson's leash here. I think his plan is to get it so tangled that you'll say, oh, you know what, I'll just let him off the leash. (laughs) (laughs) He he has a lot of elaborate plans involved in getting off harness. I saw him down there stalking something. The two of them were looking, so I thought, oh, I better go see if it's a bird. 
And they mm. both gave me the filthiest looks, like, what oh, are yeah. you doing over here? Yes. <laughs> I have um, more than once deliberately interrupted a good bird stock, mm -hmm. you know, because the birds will come into the feeder and Jackson will be, and, and you know, I'll see some sort of hapless little juvie yeah. bird, you know, flipping around going, <laughs> I have wings. And, and I can see Jackson creeping up, so I'll come wandering out going, hi, Jackson, what are you doing? And I'll get that filthy look like, you are the worst hunter yeah. on the face of the earth. <laughs> They knew what I was up to. They weren't fooled by my, my, my jocular tone. He certainly tied enough knots in his leash, too. Yeah. I, I used to um, spend time unknotting them, and then they just knot again, and I just, I don't care. Do, do your listeners know that your cat is on a leash? I don't think they do. <laughs> well, I, I did mention it, so I think one of my... Uh, getting ready I had to harness up Jackson so yeah he'll go wandering off if he's not on the harness and we have too many bobcats and coyotes around here for that so so you've had a lot of signings have you ever had a signing where something weird happened like somebody asked a question that caused problems or like yeah. this was a really well-behaved audience yesterday they were all you know seemed pretty happy and yeah um, do you ever get somebody who comes there like with an axe to grind or or is just problematic? Not in a signing like that. Um, occasionally panels at conventions, mm. you'll get that. You'll get the person who is the, uh, the axe to grind person. Um, you know, like that one guy who, instead of asking a question, has to give a dissertation on, on his thoughts on what the... Um, you know what what the panelists should be saying yeah uh, yeah formed in this like in the shape of a question but really it's a statement right <laughs> exactly um you know and and in those cases a good moderator makes all the difference mm -hmm. but if you have someone who's you know a good moderator has to be someone who will who will step in and tell people to shut up you know and there are not a lot, there are a lot of people who won't do that yeah you know and that they'll just kind of weenie out and everybody's looking at the moderator and they'll just be like and, and later you know they'll say oh I just didn't know what to do you know and it's like <laughs> what you do is you tell them enough already and yeah. and there I there have been times when there's been someone who like was trying to take over like that and the moderator has cut them off and said um sorry but Let's yeah. give someone else a chance. Let's give someone else a chance. And and I was there was one where a guy tried to ask a question again, and the moderator said, um, no, we're, I'm not going to let you talk again. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody in the room was like, yeah. Mm. <laughs> Second grade teacher approach. Yes. Shutting yes. Them down. And, and they were shocked. You know, I don't, it was a guy, I think, but looked all shocked and complained to the convention staff and the convention staff is like hey you know if the moderator felt like they had to say yeah. you don't get to talk anymore then clearly there was a problem <laughs> but it's stuff like bookstore signings you know people are there to see you and and they're friendly and yeah they want to it's it's the the ones where the rather infamously where you've got sort of installed at some bookstore event where the bookstore doesn't necessarily really want to have you there <laughs> or one person you know like the events coordinator does but they're not there that day yeah and you arrive and the staff doesn't um apparently has no idea who are who, you yeah <laughs> and why you're there and they put you at a table 
um, <laughs> I can't remember who it is. It might have been like someone like Chuck Wendig or John Scalzi gave a, a list of things to do. Like when you're doing a solo signing at the bookstore, and one thing he said was, well, the first thing I do is I go and find out where the bathrooms are uh -huh. because that's the only reason people ever stop by the table is to ask if you know where the bathrooms are. <laughs> <laughs> they said, well, I figured I might as well know. Be helpful later. Be helpful. <laughs> But that's true, you know, it, because you're obviously available and doing nothing, right? Mm -hmm. You're sitting there at your little table with your hopeful pen in your hand and your <laughs> stack of books, and people kind of see you being idle. You know, yeah. say, well, be useful. It, yeah, because <laughs> where, where's the bathroom? <laughs> yeah, I thought that was a... What I really liked about yesterday is that you, usually you're pretty quiet in a bookstore. You know, it's kind of library-esque. Oh, and it was yeah. neat that we had this little... This little cave area in the middle of all these books where we could talk and be raucous and noisy. So it was kind of like, oh, party in a party in a quiet it space. Was party, and, and then of course you brought all those cookies and champagne and stuff. So that was good. Yeah, there she was... brought prosecco for me, which shows you that Minerva knows the way to my heart. That's right. I wanted to keep the conversation flowing. <laughs> now, one thing that's happened in that space because page one sort of moves the stacks aside and makes, like you said, that little cave, that little cleared area among the stacks. Occasionally we have someone who just feels like they really, really need to get into those particular <laughs> books because there's like the magazines there and like the mu the books about music industry and autobiographies. I mean, I would think that they are reasonably not high traffic book right. areas but more than once I've seen someone and they like come in and they'll hover at the edge of the crowd and they'll be Jackson <laughs> he just climbed the post oh, yes he just climbed the portal post you're not going to do that <laughs> oh he's chasing lizards uh, yes that's another favorite activity uh but they'll, they'll like sort of hover at the edge and look longingly at the thing that they want to get to. And they'll actually sort of work their way around the edge of the crowd and squeeze in like actually behind the table where we're sitting there talking and answering <laughs> questions, you know, and, and furtively go through the magazines and, oh, and, and kind of glance over their shoulder to see if like people are looking at them, which everybody is. Yeah. Right? <laughs> That's right. There are books down the one side. I didn't even, all I saw was our books had been double stacked for the signing right there. Mm -hmm. But yeah. Ah, we could have had a... We didn't have any visitors yesterday. No, we didn't. But we had a big enough crowd that it was probably intimidating. There was more of us. Yes. And if you have, like, that wall of the, the standing room only people, yeah. then it's harder to get through to try to get to the magazines. And we did. We had a standing room only crowd over there. We did. We? we did. <laughs> <clears throat> so how many signings would you estimate you've done by this point? Oh, gosh. I don't know. Um, you know, because most conventions, there's a signing component mm, okay. to it. And, um, you know, I've done things like book festivals. So, I know I've probably done, like, something close to 100. So, this literacy signing that we're going to have in um, at the RWA convention in Denver in mm -hmm. nine days is a huge signing for literacy. Yes. Um, what's the name of the, what's the, name of the uh, charity? I forget, and I should know because, well, we could look on here. I think I can look while we're still recording um, because they're having a party for us beforehand. Did you get invited to that? I did. I got the tickets for that. Um, massages and, and canapes and... I thought that's the first time that's happened oh, nice. um, so far as I'm, cons uh, you know, as long as I've been doing it, which is quite a few years now. Uh, I've probably been at, this will probably be like my 
eighth eighth lit signing. Oh wow! For so yeah, it's gonna be it's massive because it's, it's three, like over three hundred authors. 300 authors. It's gonna be on Saturday, July twenty first in the afternoon, downtown Denver. So and that's open to the public. It's open to the public and it's free. You can come in and do that. Uh, let's see. It's going to be on the schedule for Saturday because I did confirm that party for my. Oh, wait, later in the day. So, what's that like when you're sitting there with 299 <laughs> other authors signing books? I mean, is it. You know, it I, just says pro literacy event. Pro-literacy, I don't. Yeah, that's yeah. all that I saw on the. And that maybe that's the name of their organization is pro literacy. Yeah. Um, what's it like? Well, you know, it's funny because most people come to see the big name authors, yeah. the BNAs, <laughs> and uh, so and and they're very smart. I mean, RWA is very smart about how they organize it. So they have people on the ends of the aisle. So most of us are just sort of all in. At little tables, we each get a table, and you're in your little table all, and it's alphabetical up and down. Okay. And so you have your the people across the way from you, and then you're I don't know you get like four or five feet of space, and they'll I don't know if they sent out the instructions. I've done it enough times I tend to gloss reading it, but they'll say things like don't overlap into your neighbor's space because there are people who will they'll bring these like massive displays and they like sort of edge it over onto your space so that you're left with like a body width you know pile of books <laughs> it's like don't let them do that you get your your table space uh, but then the big authors, they'll put them sort of like on end caps. Okay. And then also in the corners. It's like in a big ballroom, okay. like a big convention ballroom. And so, and those lines, sometimes they'll manage them by giving fans numbers at the door. And then they'll call and say, okay, if you have number this to this, come in and line up to try oh, to wow. manage the lines. Uh, yeah. And so the way it works is at the beginning of the signing, um, most of the people are going to beeline for the big name authors and go, you know, like whoever it is that they're dying to see. And, uh, and then once they either give up on the line and decide to try to hit it later or they get their precious book signed, then they start most, some of them will leave, but a lot of them then will start trolling and they'll just go up and down the aisles. And, and it's pretty cool because romance readers in particular are always looking for new authors. Right. So, and they're very friendly about it and they'll come up to your table and they'll say, you're not new to me author. And you could say, yes, and, and you'll say, that's because this is my first book. I'm a debut author, and they'll be excited about that. Yeah, it is nice how people, even strangers, when I, when the book, the day the book came out, I knew that it was going to be in Walmart. So my husband and I drove to the local Walmart, and uh, the woman was actually just putting that day's stock up on the shelves. And I said, oh, I'm, a, I'm an author, and my book is in here. And she said, oh, well, where, what's it called? And I said, dangerous. She goes, oh, I remember that cover. And because it has a hot guy on the cover, and uh, very nice abs, <laughs> very <excellent> nice abs, <laughs> abtastic. And so she took the book out, and I had a photograph of her holding my book in Walmart, and then, and she was very excited for me. I mean, it was obviously that's her job to put books on the shelves, but recently, rarely does it come with an author attached to the job. And a woman standing nearby said, "Oh, one of your books is here," and she said, "I'll take a copy of that." So it was there. I sold my first book you know by just being there that's awesome it was it was fun to yeah fun to find it and fun to 
find a new reader. And it uh, justified all of those times that you've dragged your husband to Walmart <laughs> across the country <laughs> checking out their book well, shows. you know, that's my new hobby is to hit Walmarts and Targets and look for, now that I know a bunch of authors, it's fun to look for your friend's books in there. Even if yours isn't in there, it's like, oh, there's, you know, Jeffy's book or Renee's book or Elizabeth's book. So that is a, that's a fun pastime. It is fun. And I, I enjoy doing it in more obscure places like, um, you know, like the, the roadside gas station, how they have those little pivot racks. And sometimes you'll see your books, mass market paperbacks uh-huh. on those or... Um, once I found a friend's book in a basket of books at a in a hotel lobby, you know, where they do the, you know, like... Book trade, yeah. Book trade kind of thing. And her, her book was in the basket. Oh, I was like, wow. oh, snapped a picture of that. Look. <laughs> I guess it should eventually be out there, right? Already they're used copies of my books are appearing for sale. It's like, wow, that, that didn't take long. Yeah, a lot of them are probably ARCs, too. Okay. Yeah, even though they have, like, all over them, not, not for resale... resale. People, People resale. resale. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it is, there is a conundrum about dealing with an arc. Like I, I've talked to other people who do a lot of reviewing, and they're like, hey, that's just, it's just a, like, view it as a stack of paper and throw it away when you're done with it and get it out of any possibility of circulation. But on the other hand, it looks like a book, you know, reads like a book. Quacks like a book. Like a book. <laughs> so it seems terrible to, to throw this book away, but. I'm going to liberate Jackson here. Yeah, he's his. done quite a, got himself in a. Cat like Houdini knot. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> he's not going to be happy until he completely slips that harness, I think. Well, you know, he is really good about knowing that he's stuck, and sometimes, like, the He'll grab that piece of driftwood and drag that. He is strong. He's like, I call him my little French horse. <laughs> He's stay there? staring no, longingly there. at the road beside the house, yeah. thinking, this this is where I need to go. The rope needs to be longer. <laughs> he's not interested in a, in a discussion about books at all. No, he says that's all I ever talk about, and he's really bored. <laughs> like, why don't you ever talk about, I don't know, moles and voles and gophers? It'd be much more interesting. Well... I know that you guys are going to have to hit the road soon and back up to Taos. Yes. It was beautiful down here. Boy, it caught you just after a rain and everything is green. And That's why we're out on the front porch where you've probably been able to hear the crows in their little crow fountain. Hopefully that's not too loud. Uh, the, we had a big hailstorm yesterday and the grape arbor got a little shredded and I need to go out and clean it up. It was a little covered in leaves and grapes for... From a hail, hail battering. Oh, hail. Oh, hail. What the hail? Well, let's wind it up. Thank you for sharing the cup of coffee with me for the day. And thank you for a delicious soy latte, uh, Jeffy. I'm always happy to provide a soy latte <laughs> for my writer guests. Goodbye, everyone. Bye-bye. <laughs>